Hey all, this is Sean Gerber. Thank you for listening today, but before we get started, I have a couple of questions for you. Are you caught in the daunting maze of CISSP preparation, unable to find your way forward? That's precisely where I found myself when I began studying for the CISSP. Overwhelmed would be an understatement. There are now an ocean of CISSP training programs available, and are you unsure which ones to trust? I remember the struggle, but there was nothing accessible to me outside of the pricey boot camps. And that's precisely why CISSP Cyber Training came into existence, to illuminate your pathway towards acing the CISSP exam. At CISSP Cyber Training, I've forged the CISSP blueprint into a step-by-step guide to navigate you through the intricacies of the CISSP journey designed to provide you the direction and guidance you need to pass the CISSP exam confidently. But don't just take my word for it. Listen to what one of my students, Kevin Fallon, had to say about the CISSP blueprint. This is precisely what I needed in your course, direction. The blueprint is the perfect roadmap to stay on track. I appreciate its clarity and tangible sense of progress it brings. A phenomenal tool for revision. And then there was another from Christopher Wagstaff. Sean Gerber, your guidance was invaluable throughout the CISSP study and certification process. Thank you for breaking the monotony. Once you've wrapped up with the podcast, make your next stop, CISSPCybertraining.com, and let's together turn the tide in your favor, meeting your CISSP goals and catapulting your career in cybersecurity. Now, without further ado, let's get going. Giddy up. Welcome to the Reduce Cyber Risk Podcast, where we give you the tools you need to meet your regulatory requirements while helping keep the evil hacker horde at bay. Hi, my name is Sean Gerber, and I'm your host for this action-packed, informative podcast. Join me each week as I provide the information you need to best protect your business and reduce your company's cyber risk. All right, let's get going. Okay, in this episode, we're going to be talking about cybersecurity hiring and how it's more than just a job description. If you're an HR person or a hiring agent, or I should say someone that's within a business that needs to hire a cybersecurity professional, if you probably haven't figured out yet, it can be a daunting process. And so the, what we're going to go through is we're going to go through what it was going to take for you to be able to be able to adequately pick out somebody from a cybersecurity background that you know you're getting the right person. Now, this could be a situation where it's maybe someone that's just hired for short term or it could be a long term contract or it could be an actual full time employee. But we're going to go through some of the key things you need to consider as you're looking at a cybersecurity person for your organization. All right, let's get going. Now, the purpose of this training is it's it's. In cybersecurity, if you haven't figured it out yet, can get really big words and it's confusing terms. And if you don't have a background in cybersecurity stuff, you're going to get like totally lost. And honestly, I hear this stuff all the time and I get lost. I have to sit back and just kind of scratch my head going, what are they saying? Um, and also the market is exploding. It's going everywhere. Uh, one thing I saw just recently, California is putting in a cybersecurity election person. So basically a person to protect the election system uh, for the state of California. And that's a new job that just came up. So the question really comes into is, 
I mean, I'm like, holy cow, I can't even believe that there's all these opportunities for cybersecurity folks. So that it, it's just exploding. And, and then because of regulatory requirements, it's only getting worse and worse. Um, and, and I've seen the need from my years of experience. It's just this is important for uh, HR personnel, for hiring managers to know how to hire the right person. Because I just did recently looked at a, a, a security officer as a service product. And I went through it and you start seeing the people that are coming out and you're going, if you don't know what you're looking for from a security professional, this could be overwhelming and daunting. So that, this is kind of the purpose behind all this. And the point of it is I'm, I'm desiring to help the business and the individual. So if you're a business, this is going to be extremely helpful. If you're an individual looking for a job, this is going to kind of give you a career path on what you need to do to consider on in the cybersecurity space. Now, granted, there's no perfect panacea and there's no easy button that makes all this work. But the cool part about all of this is, is that this will at least this training will give you some level of what you need to do to keep moving forward. So again, it's two prong approach. HR, the hiring manager is the first prong. Second prong is an individual trying to get a break and get into the cybersecurity space. Okay, so the evolution of a cybersecurity person. In the past, it used to be an additional duty or responsibility of the IT person. So some IT person, some guys just doing our gals doing their thing, making some servers, keeping them up and running. So everybody's happy. Uh, and they go, Hey, you, you do the security stuff. Well, I don't want to think about it. Right. Well, you just go do it. Just make it happen. But then as we get more and more regulations that start coming in, it became more of going just an additional duty to, well, maybe we need to carve out a little bit of this person's time to do this security stuff or security poo. Right. Um, and, and so that's where it kind of started to evolve. Patching, uh, updating the system was a security function. Uh, so therefore that's kind of the, the, where it rolled into, uh, the standard network architecture was set up that you would have your McAfee, you would have your, uh, just your antivirus and a little of this, a little of that, but you wouldn't have a whole lot of structure in place around it. Uh, and they had little input or insight. So it was just a person go do it. Hey, put the McAfee antivirus stuff on, put whatever you want to put on there. And then we'll just call it good, right? That was the evolution of where it used to be. Well, today it's it's changed a lot. It's turned into a part-time or a full-time role, uh, depending upon the size of your organization. And it's increased knowledge around complex integrated systems. And I mean, this is this has changed dramatically from having just one computer or a group of computers that all talk to maybe the internet to now they have systems that are sitting in a data center communicating with the cloud, communicating with all these mobile devices. It's huge. It's changed dramatically. The other thing is, is your, it's business risk focus. So you can't protect everything because of all these things that are coming into your network, it's got to be a business risk approach. And so it's cha- taking, taking a different mindset around how do you look at cybersecurity. So just some guy that just does IT stuff will look at it a whole lot differently than a business, a person that understands the business and the risk associated with that. Talked about a little bit, but increased regulatory compliance. You got data privacy rules. You got data breach rules. You got cyber regulations from countries to states to counties. And it's all ranging from all over the globe. So it's getting worse and worse and worse. Now, there's good things with this regulations that's important. However, at the end of the day, it's just more that's being added on. And there's so few professionals that really, truly understand it. And a good cybersecurity professional is going to be an advisor or a trusted responsible party. And you'll see this. There's some new regulations out with the New York Department of Financial Services, NYDFS, uh, recently put out a requirement uh, last year that requires you to have, and they initially was a security officer. 
Well, it doesn't have to be a security officer. It has to be a responsible party that understands cybersecurity for your organization. So you need to be able to pick these people out. South Carolina Insurance Data Security Act just came out recently. If you're an insurance agent with more than 200 clients, you have a, or you are a lawyer that deals in the insurance space, you have to have someone who's a cybersecurity professional who is your responsible party. So you do it, put them on a retainer or you actually buy that capability. One of the two, but at the end of the day, you've got to find someone that can do that for you. The result of all this is, is about a one and a half to two million cybersecurity roles that are gone unfilled. That's huge, right? So if you're a cybersecurity guy, like, woohoo, big, check out, man, I'm going to get my money. Well, that doesn't necessarily the case, right? It's a whole lot easier. It makes it sound like you're going to make a bunch of cash, but it's a whole lot easier or a whole lot harder to get there than, than you may think. And, and the point of that comes down to as well is supply and demand. As, as there is such a gap, now artificial intelligence and machine learning is going to help reduce that gap a bit. Now, it's you're still going to have a need for these people, but it's going to help. They're going to come up with the innovative ideas to change that. So again, that's where the current result is with cybersecurity. So here's some cybersecurity roles and titles. You have your cybersecurity security analyst, your security engineer, security architect, security administrator, security software developer, cryptographer, cryptologist, and crypto analyst. Okay. Yeah, lots of them, right? Those are all different roles that are out there. And 10 years ago, they didn't exist for the most part. So that's where the new technology is changing and what the face of cybersecurity and the internet is working, all these internet-connected devices. Another one is a chief information security officer. That's kind of what I do. Uh, that is a person that's in charge of the security for a large organization. Uh, security consultants or specialists, uh, these are very specialized roles uh, that, that are below those. That's an intrusion detection specialist, computer security incident responder, source code auditor, virus technician, penetration text, tester, and vulnerability assessor. Okay, have you confused yet? I know I am. Okay, so the point of it is, is that you name it, there is a role out there in the cybersecurity space. I go air quotes, right? Um, the, but the bottom line is, is that's very confusing and you don't know what the heck you're even looking for. So if you are in this space, you're an HR person, hiring manager, or you're an individual, this podcast, this training is for you. Okay. So understand, you need to understand what your desires are. If you're a human resources person and what you're hiring, what are your organizational requirements or needs? Okay. What is the technical or non-technical requirements of this role? A security analyst is, has a different technical requirements than a security officer. Again, different mindset. One's more risk. One's more technical. But again, you got to determine what is your need for your business. What are your compliance requirements? If you have a high level of compliance requirements for your organization, hiring a security analyst or a virus protection tester person may not be the best choice if you're looking for someone who can give you the better guidance. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't hire somebody like that and groom them into that position. And that's something I actually recommend is if you hire somebody into a lower position that has the skills or even the drive to learn this stuff, you can train and groom them up to a position where they can be of severe, of serious value to your organization. However, the one thing around that is if you're looking for someone to come out of the gate that is a security officer type that's going to be interacting with compliance, with the CEOs, with shareholders, with the board, those kind of people, your virus tester penetration person may not be the right choice, okay? Or it may take them some time to get there. 
Just something to consider as you're thinking about that because you really need an influencer and someone who understands program management skills. So you need to understand what you need, what's driving this requirement, and understand how you're going to go. Okay, from an individual standpoint, you need a knowledge, experience, and skills. You need to understand what you're trying to accomplish as it comes to your job. You also need to look at where are different growth opportunities that you can get into, that you can grow your cybersecurity background. And you need to have a long-term strategy on how you're going to do this, okay? You need to understand the big picture, the long game, and what you're trying to accomplish as it relates to your future and your career. Okay, when you're looking at cybersecurity roles and skills, we're going to take a focused approach at this. And one of the things is a security analyst. Now, that is acceptable for most mid-sized companies. It's a generalist. It's, it deals with policies. It deals with disaster recovery. And it's also a really good starting point if you're looking to get in the security space, especially if you are just getting into the security point of view and you're an HR person. A security analyst is a really good place to begin. Usually the income or the, the cost for a security analyst is much less than a traditional security officer, and they, it's a good place to work them up. Your security engineer primarily does security monitoring, data logs, forensics. They have a strong data analysis background and understanding. So they're the kind of people that will, if you have like a, a security operations center, and they have to look at lots of data for firewall logs. They go through all of the different aspects around that. They configure switches and routers that from a security point of view, a security engineer is a really good place to be. The other one is a security architect. They usually have the designer around major security components of security is typically for used as a security leader. So from a standpoint of as you migrate up within the quote unquote chain of command or the, the, the good career progression, most people will start off as a security engineer work their way up to an analyst, then at that point be an architect, and then they'll move into the next realm, which would be like a security officer. But the security architect usually understands the broader brush, the bigger picture of what you're trying to accomplish from a security point of view. Your security officer, your CISO, it's a high-level management role. Now, it's a a leader team of individuals, typically, um, and they're utilized for larger organizations. Now, the key with them, though, is is a lot of times they're, they're a key influencer as it comes down to your business. They they don't necessarily have large teams. They may. They may have a security operations center that works directly for them. But in many cases, they're an influencer of an organization and of, of the security practices. So usually large organizations, or if you have to have a designated security person, this is an individual that can be uh, purchased, right? Or their services can be purchased. There's also specialized roles such as a pen tester, which scans, identifies, and exploits vulnerabilities, and teams can range from small to large. Okay, I used to be a penetration tester for red teams. You would be usually a small team. You go in and you penetrate the network in a very specific manner, looking for very specific vulnerabilities. They're usually used as a contractor brought on board to help you find some key areas that may be gaps within your network. There's a vulnerability assessor. They scan, identify, and assess vulnerabilities on IT systems and computers and networks. They more or less kind of like they fit in lines with the auditors, but they have vulnerabilities. They have a focus specifically on vulnerabilities, not just trying to crack open one spot, but what are the overall vulnerabilities within an organization. So again, you got to kind of take all these terms into into account when you're looking for somebody within your company or with that you're looking to hire for your company. Uh, they, they basically, you're, you gotta kinda consider it this way. You're either looking for a Mercedes or a go-kart, right? There's pros and there's cons with these. 
Uh, the Mercedes, you're going to pay for the, the security officer, the higher level security leaders. Uh, it may fall into the Mercedes bucket. Now, I say that in the fact, do you really need a Mercedes? Do you just need a go-kart that'll take you from point A to point B? That's something you got to consider. Uh, and, and a lot of times, these security officers will have a very heavy price tag involved. So what I recommend is, in many cases, bring in a lower-level security person, unless you have compliance requirements that you have to meet, um, and train them up. Because most of this stuff is pretty much you learn as you go. Um, if you need that high level of person, like a J.P. Morgan or a large bank, financial institution, uh, something like that, you may want to pay for that level of security, obviously. But if you're dealing with a small, mid-sized company, you can probably rent the service from a security as a service option or even just start off with hiring your own person who's just an analyst and move their way up. You got to expect the costs for cybersecurity are going to increase. But maybe not, right? So technologies may address this and artificial intelligence may address this. You hear this a lot. It's going to keep going up, right? Well, that is true, but you got to understand the risk that you have and are there technologies out there to help you mitigate this risk? So weigh it with us with very carefully. And that's why having a good security person to help you with this is really good. And it wouldn't hurt if you would go out and rent a security officer to help you do a gap assessment, figure out where you're at. And you know what? Then cut them loose and have your internal person do those, finish that gap assessment, build that up, also learn the network and give them the skills they need. Now, the challenge with that is, is if you teach them they're going to be marketable. And if they're marketable, what are they going to do? They're going to go shopping. So just keep that in the back of your mind as well. Whatever you teach them, you got to have other incentives to hold them on if you're an HR person. If you're a person looking for a job, that's a good place to be. So understand that there's there's different nuances that roll into this. Risk tolerance is key, though. You need to understand this aspect. It's crucial. You can you spend to break the bank and spend a bazillion dollars to try to protect your network. But at the end of the day, they're still going to get in. You just got to determine what is your level of risk that you're going to tolerate as it comes down to putting in cybersecurity practices and personnel. So again, you, you get risk is key on all this stuff. Okay, I hope you enjoyed this part in this section, uh, this section one. The next section went a little long, but the next section is going to be specifically on human resources. And we're going to talk about the human resources aspect of it and what they need to keep in mind as they're looking to hire individuals within the company. All right, hope you enjoyed it. Have a great day. See ya. Thanks so much for listening today, as it was my pleasure to prep you for the CISSP exam. But are you interested in some free CISSP exam questions? Head on over to CISSPQuestions.com and sign up to join my email list, and you will gain access to 30 free CISSP questions each and every month. That's a total of 360 questions just for signing up with CISSP Cyber Training. You will also gain access to other free resources, so just head on over to freeCISSPQuestions.com or CISSPCybertraining.com and sign up today. All right, have a wonderful day, and we'll catch you on the flip side. See you.